From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us. And, uh, of course, we have our uh, producer co-host with us, Elaine Harlan, and our inimitable Mr. Owl, prayer intercessor, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And, uh, boy, a friend we haven't seen in the studio for a long, long time, Ray Coyle. And uh, since we've seen you last, retired sergeant with yes. uh, Modesto Police Department. <laughs> yes, and nice to be retired. It is nice to be retired. You know, Mike, the, the thing about it, I mean, you were in law enforcement yourself. You, yeah. you, know, you know how it goes. And it's, it's such a chancy profession yes. that you could actually uh, come through an entire career and come out on two feet walking upright. Um, with most of your faculties uh, still intact, so I didn't have so, many to begin with. Yes. Was the problem there? But you know, no. it's it's just nice to have uh, gotten through that, and because yeah, uh, yeah. I saw so many guys over the years get beat up, get hurt, get That's get right. into wrecks, uh, you know, have uh, physical problems uh, that cause them to uh, have to leave early. Mm-hmm. So just nice to be through and. It's a blessing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're we're out on a, a deputy involved shooting uh, a couple weeks ago, ah. and. Uh, you know, you just, you're right. You just never know, and it is a blessing to be able to go through your career and uh, and, and and not have anything traumatic, you know. But uh, I'm now going to have to hire me an assistant, though, because I'm busier than when I was working. Yeah, so. I've heard that. I believe I, that. Yes. But in in our biz, there is no retirement. Uh, one, we can't afford it, and two, uh, there isn't one. <laughs> well, there there is on the other side of eternity. The great, yes. great retirement plan there, but yes, I'm going way off. That's okay. Thing you usually do. We'll get back. Yeah, well, sometime. What do you mean by that? Are you, all right. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, we're going to restore order here with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of a Jesus freak who kept his promise to God. In the Muslim nation of Turkey, Erkan Sengel took a risk when he committed his life to Christ. He even pledged to God that he would do anything for him. But when Erkan was arrested for distributing Christian books, he found himself in a dark prison cell, and he begged God to be rescued. But God had another idea and put not rescue, but evangelism on Erkan's heart. Each day of his imprisonment, Erkin spent three hours preaching in this new mission field that God had provided. Have you ever told God that you would do anything for him? I hope you're ready to keep your promise. For true stories of Christians being persecuted today, go to persecution.net. 
Just a reminder, friends, to pray for uh, persecuted uh, brothers and sisters around the world. And, you know, we, we, we gather for prayer and, uh, so easily here. We gather to worship together so easily. And there are, there are places in the world right now where uh, pastors are, are being beaten and, and thrown into jail or worse, and uh, people have to go underground to meet. And, and so on the, on the one hand, uh, we need to uh, pray for them. And on the other, we also need to remember to thank God for the blessing that we have, at least for right now, the, the window that we have here in America to, to gather freely. And, and you know that, that, that point that they just made about being careful what you promise to God. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, e- even the subtle little things. Um, Lori and I celebrated our, our 20th anniversary uh, this past June. Yes. And uh, we remember 20 years ago, we committed that uh, to the Lord that we would go wherever he wanted us to go. Now, Lori was thinking Kenya. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, she, you know, she'd been a, a medical really missionary true. and in Arian Jaya and uh, had had been a, a, a medical missionary actually to the little headhunter people there. And, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, they they didn't take her head. She was able to keep that because oh, she's um, n- not exceedingly tall. And uh, oh, that would have m- made her less exceedingly <laughs> tall. And that wouldn't have been a good thing. You know, but uh, it, it, we, I didn't even know what a Modesto was you know, 20 years ago. And so you never know where God's going to tell. Well, a wonderful thing to be exactly where he wants you to be. Hey, just a reminder, friends, if you're here in the uh, Stanislaus County area, love to have you join us for our fall fundraiser. First time we've ever done this. And uh, our, our board member, Lee Oki is heading this up. And Lee is just a, a wonderful sister in the Lord. In fact, uh, one of the early volunteers at AVC. And, uh, you know, if you ever talk to her, she'll tell you that story about the loaves and fishes mm-hmm. and feeding the 120 people there at the uh, gospel uh, at at the uh, homeless shelter mm-hmm. and uh, anyway uh, Lee is heading this up it's called volunteers in vogue volunteers in vogue coming up on November 6th and uh, in addition to the fashion show there's a uh, a silent auction and uh, some wonderful things in fact That's Dr. Tough. Robert Chin our chairman uh, has done something for uh, fundraising uh, for other organizations, and, and people pay like 250 bucks for this. this he and his wife host a multi-course, four-hour dim sum dinner. Wonderful. And I'll tell you, it's a knockout. If you've ever had Connie's cooking, I mean, and, and Robert's is pretty good as mm-hmm. well. You know, it had some salmon over at his place cooking wow. and knock your socks off. But anyway, so the good doctor and his wife are going to donate a four-hour multi-course dim sum dinner with them. And uh, anyway, there'll be other things as well, Elaine, that, yes. uh, that under the silent auction, and you're heading yes. up some of that. Uh, what are round some of, of golf things? for four from Diablo Grande. <clears throat> That's right. Yes. And a, a one-hour massage from a wonderful place in Turlock, the spa. And uh, some great ways to uh, pamper yourself, uh, uh, facial for the women and men also, but pedicures, manicures. I could probably use a different one, but I don't know about the other part of that. (laughs) Just some wonderful, fun things, some jewelry, specially designed jewelry for this. So uh, just come and enjoy yourself, and it's all for a very great, great cause. You know, it's it's what... 
Yeah, and in these days of uh, economic straits, friends, uh, it's hitting us at ABC here at Lighthouse mm-hmm. Live uh, uh, pretty heavily as well. And so this is an opportunity to keep the connections engine going as we connect volunteers with opportunities to serve 365 days yeah. a year. And uh, this will keep us going. The uh, The donation uh, per ticket is $25. Love to have you come and join us. And there will be uh, men's uh, formal wear as well. Yes. And uh, and there'll be a guest artist there uh, doing a little ventriloquism and, oh, and some other awesome. things. It's going to be so fun. Well, yeah, I don't know who the victim will. I mean, the volunteer will be for that, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be a rockin' be fun time. Men it, and women. Men and yes. women. Twenty five dollars a person. It'll be held at the McHenry Museum. <laughs> the McHenry Museum. That <laughs> was really name. good, wasn't they it? Will love the it. McHenry <laughs> Museum, Fourteenth uh, and I Streets uh, here in Modesto. Here's how you uh, get tickets to attend call us at 209-544-9571 209-544-9571 or email us at info at vibrant communities.org that's info at vibrant communities.org and, and it'll be decent fashions yes. uh you know somebody suggested that one of our board members well i won't even go into no. what they suggested for that fashion statement but we're not going to do that <laughs> that particular one but uh, it'll be fun. It it'll be fun. Be great women's great fashions, a great formal wear for men as well, and it'll be just and a fun There will be time. good things to eat there as well also. And, and it didn't give the time. It's it's a 1 o'clock yeah. to 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, yes. 1 to 3. Oh, great. We also would like you to mark your calendar for this Friday, October 15th. Join ABC at the Healthy Aging Summit at the Modesto Center Plaza, downtown Modesto, all day long from 8 to 2. Great things going on there for seniors particularly, but everyone is invited to come. All kinds of healthy screening going on for diabetes, cholesterol, um, dementia, uh, reality tours. Uh, bring your prescription because it's the, uh, what is it, the Drop the Drugs uh, new program going on and helping you to go through your medications, what's good, what's not. Uh, just all sorts of great things for seniors and for all ages alike. And again, that's this coming Friday, October 15th. We'll be there. Uh, fall prevention, a big thing this year and every year. And it gets better every year, so come and join us. It does, really. And it's right by the Doubletree Hotel, mm-hmm. which, uh, if you're familiar with Modesto, is, is I think, probably the tallest building, isn't pretty it? Close, uh, yeah. Pretty close to it, anyway. Mm-hmm. The antennas on, on top yes. of it are probably the tallest. Anyway, uh, yeah, and it's wonderful. They're down, down there by uh, 10th and K Streets. And I tell you, even if, if you're not a senior, I think they let you sneak in, don't they? Oh, Just absolutely. Yeah. It is absolutely. a sight to see. Yes. I mean, it, it is absolutely an incredible thing. You, you, if you're in the area, I encourage you to, to visit that. that this, this Friday. This Friday. Uh, coming up, and again from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Let's take a look at some uh, opportunities to uh, volunteer with the center of the, uh, the Volunteer Center of the United Way's Lend a Hand List. You can help cancer patients regain self-esteem and confidence in their appearance with the Look Good Feel Better program, licensed cosmetologists and beauty professionals volunteer to teach women how to use scarves, wigs, and other accessories to provide tips on makeup, skin, and nail care to address the side effects of radiation and chemotherapy treatments. Non-licensed volunteers are also needed to coordinate and assist uh, during sessions. Uh, Classes are free, casual, personal, fun, 
and are like a makeover for the spirit. Uh, bilingual Spanish-English ability is a plus but not required. Training is provided for all volunteers. Volunteers should be at least 18 years of age and are asked to commit to conducting four patient sessions a year. Uh, American Cancer Society provides a wealth of programs and services to cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and advocates. Now, Stanislaw County Library is where you can put your organizational skills to work with the new book club in a box program. That's at the Salida Library. Volunteers ages 14 years and older are needed to fill participating book club orders check in, confirm quantities, and uh, reshelve returned orders. Uh, flexible hours are available Monday through Thursday from 10 to 5. Volunteers should be able to work independently, have good attention to detail, uh, ability to lift 50 pounds, and possess basic computer skills. Now, the mission of the Stanislaus County Library is to foster the love of reading and open the door to knowledge. Uh, the Stanislaw Literacy Center, uh, share your love of reading with families at the Family Literacy Program's newest site, and that's at the Bret Hart Elementary School. Family literacy, recognizing that the child's first and best teacher is the parent, uh, providing adult reading classes for parents and reading enrichment activities for their children ages 2 to 12. The family-focused uh, learning improves the participation of the parents in their children's schooling and nurtures the child's love of learning. Volunteers ages 14 and older needed to provide child care and interact with children through reading and writing instruction. Volunteers ages 16 and older may also choose to tutor the adult parents after attending uh, the orientation on Wednesday. It's November 17th, followed by the tutor training on Saturday, November 20th. Additional family literacy sites are located at neighborhood schools and community organizations in Modesto and Riverbank with morning, afternoon, and evening volunteer hours, uh, depending upon the site. Stanislaw Literacy Center, a nonprofit corporation in partnership with the community, business, education, and government, teaches adults and their families basic education skills, helping parents become their child's first and best teacher and preparing a more productive workforce. Now, if you have any questions on these opportunities, contact our friend and yours, Barbara Borbis. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her. She's at bborba at uwaystan.org. Uh, we need refrigerators. I cannot believe how many calls we receive for refrigerators, not broken down, take me to the dump stuff, no, we need running refrigerators. Do you ever say those stupid things to people on crank phone calls like, is your refrigerator running, you've got to go catch it or something? Yeah, the old, uh, do you have Prince Albert in a can, let him out, remember that? <laughs> of course, we never did that. <laughs> We're so old that most people don't even know what Prince, Prince Albert. Albert in a can was. You know, that's very true. All these you know, old jokes we tell. Well, we were talking about the Healthy Aging Summit. You know, right, I guess we're, uh, I guess we're, we're, we're being it well, now. Yeah, well, hey, that's true. Our, we our memory's that doing pretty good. And of course, this young guy, Eugene from the uh, University yes. of Phoenix. So He's Eugene's going, what going, what are you guys talking about? What are you about? talking about, Prince Albert? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Back to the refrigerator <laughs> needs. Oh, the if refrigerator needs. We, need, we yeah. have a, a family who, who just moved here from the Bay Area. Mom called today, and they moved to the west side of Modesto and just purchased, like, a bunch of food. 
the refrigerator's gone mm. bad, and this food is just ruining. So they desperately need food. She's got little ones. They're going to school. So um, we we need refrigerators. And next to beds, that this is the biggest need that we have. It so, is an amazing, though, how, how God raises up people. It really you know, is. It, it, it is ama- and, and they often come in in spurts. You know, we'll, we'll get some, But, friends, if, if you have an extra refrigerator, and, and, you know, Elaine really hit it here, please... It must be clean mm-hmm. and in working order. I mean, think about if, if Jesus showed up at your door and you needed a refrigerator, w- would he give you a refrigerator that needed repair? Would he give you a refrigerator that was had mold in the inside? No. Mm-hmm. He'd give you the best. And and we're being Jesus to those people in need. So mm-hmm. just a reminder, uh, you know, this is not just getting rid of your junk. This is actually being Christ to someone in need. And and uh, so if you do have a working refrigerator and it's clean, why? We've got some wonderful people that are deserving to uh, receive that. And we've got some wonderful people, people that will pick it up and deliver it where it needs to go. So give us a call, 209-544-9571, and we'll make that happen for you. And uh, we'll be happy to get that call. Well, as Pastor Mike said, we are honored and privileged to have back with us tonight Retired, but I don't really think that's in his vocabulary. Our good friend and brother, Ray Coyle, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. Glad to be here. It's a tremendous undertaking, your ministry that you have with troubled teens, but we are just uh, privileged and what a blessing to have you on tonight to tell us about what you're doing now in your so-called retirement. We say that loosely because we know you are very, very busy. Take us back. When did you start ministering to, to kids? In the, it's been a while, right? Yeah, it has, Mike. Actually, it started, uh, obviously, because of uh, the job of being a police officer in, in uh, this day and age in our country. Um, we are dealing um, largely with uh, teens who are troubled, who find themselves um, getting into trouble on the wrong side of the law because uh, of many different reasons. So really it uh, began out of uh, a career and uh, the need to have some programs in our community. Uh, the police department um, jumped off years ago uh, in a troubled teen program that was called the Wake Up Program, which I uh, became a part of uh, at its inception. Uh, Doug Ridenour actually started it, uh, mm. uh, along with Kara Davis and a few other folks mm. in the police department. And that, that continued on for years. It still is. That program, unfortunately, um, just because of budget problems, because of the day and age, age that we're living in, in that aspect, um, with government having troubles, it, um, I have to say, unfortunately, isn't getting uh, the funding that it really needs mm. to be the program that it could be, but it, but they're they're still trying. They're still they're still doing it, and uh, um, so hats off to them for continuing on even in this time of of uh, great financial uh, trouble within within government. Um, out of that program, um, we got asked to develop um, a program which we began calling New Start, um, and what we did was we took the best of the uh, Wake Up program. Uh, that the police department was running. And then we added not only uh, because the wake-up program told you the legal ramifications of your uh, bad choices, um, but then we added into it the spiritual ramifications as well and uh, had a faith-based Bible-believing program uh, where we were able to bring God into it because it was not a government agency and uh, for many years ran the uh, New Start program. 
um, also at about that same time um, began to, to participate in um, a parent support group uh, here locally in Stanislaus County uh, called Supporting Parents of Troubled Teens, SPOT. And that program um, evolved out of Kara Davis, um, our, our um, runaway juvenile coordinator at the police department, and a, a young man who was an associate pastor at um, a church here in Modesto, and the need that they felt uh, for families to have additional options. And uh, basically what that program did was provide uh, folks with information regarding uh, Christian boarding schools that were outside the state of California um, where their child could be uh, sent. That that uh, parent support group is still uh, going on. In fact, the meeting is tonight. It's the uh, second Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Uh, we're allowed to use the uh, public meeting room at the police department currently, and so that's where we're meeting. Uh, besides being a place where people can get information about programs that are going on, it is just a support group as well. So we're there to uh, spiritually, emotionally, and in some cases even financially uh, help people that are just um, at their wits' end dealing with their uh, youth, their teens, um, in uh, a whole variety of different problems. Uh, but then as well to provide them uh, assistance in locating a program for their children or a school for their kids to go to. Um, so um, that's still going on. Unfortunately, I'm not involved in the wake-up program right now. Um, I was also helping a young lady at Sirius PD when she was doing their version of the wake-up program, Choices, um, again, because of retirement. Well, I don't have my, my fingers in the uh, law enforcement pie anymore, so um, I'm not involved in those. And the New Start program has uh, taken um, a vacation or, or uh, uh, is not operating right now. Um, I think it went on for so many years. It was a complete voluntary uh, program. Um, it does take a lot of time to put on a good program like that, and I think everybody just needed a break. So we're not currently doing that one. Well, you know, the Solomon King Solomon tells us that for everything there is a season. Mm-hmm. You know, and we find in, in, in ministry that God has seasons, you know, for certain things, but each one builds upon upon the other. And I think some of the principles uh, that have been used uh, with uh, supporting parents of troubled teens and new start and wake up, you know, are, are worthy uh, to rehearse here. First of all, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, this issue of the importance of dads and, and moms, uh, you know, being very, very involved in children's lives. We look at the gang problem now and, and you know, how, how much of that relates to it. Uh, let's talk a little bit, Ray, about from your, your perspective of being on the, on the street as an officer, as a sergeant, a supervisor, having uh, worked with many of these uh, teens. Let's talk about the, the dynamics of a teen growing up who doesn't have that anchor to hang on to. Yeah, Mike, you, you really said it. Uh, moms and dads, that's, that's the real, uh, key to it. And, you know, people, I think nowadays, uh, tend to blame, uh, divorce and single parent families a lot on, on, uh, on teens that are troubled. But having worked with, uh, youth for so many years, um, it's not about, uh, having a mom and dad in the same house. Sure. That, I would love to see that. That would be the optimal. That would be great. 
Um, but there are um, single-parent families who do very well uh, with their kids. There's grandparent families who do very well. There's adopted parent families who do very well. Uh, so, and, and, then, and then conversely, there's natural parent, mom and dad, uh, always been married together, and the kids are in deep trouble. So it's not necessarily about the dynamics of which parent is in the house, um, but how the parents are. Mm. And uh, so that's really the key to it. And, you know, the, the bottom line, just to be absolutely simple, the bottom line is kids really want their parents to spend time with them. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and you know, it has to start. It can't start when they're 13 and you're having problems. It has to start um, right at the beginning, and you've got to take an interest in your kid. You have to spend time with them. You can't wait till they're in trouble and then try and uh, turn that train around. It's just not going to happen that easily. It can happen, but it's not not that easy. So it's just about us taking time as a parent to really spend uh, time with our kid, and it's not spending time with our kid making the kid do what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. It's us spending time with our kid with probably what they want to do. Absolutely. You know, there's. Uh, I'm just thinking back to an important things you know that i've learned over the years and in, in pastoring and i do a lot of funerals every year a whole bunch and it is sad to me that in a great many of the ones that i do you know i ask what did, what did you learn from your dad what life lessons and i get a blank stare hmm. well i'm not sure well you know uh he went fishing Okay, but you know, I mean, what did you learn from it? And uh, so, so many times, it, and it's because dad didn't spend a whole lot of time, or, or mom didn't spend a whole lot of time, and it's tragic. And as you say, it, it's not so much this is what I want to do, you know, but but finding things that you can enjoy doing with each other. And I think Ray, one one of the principles that you find involved in that process is a lot more is caught than taught. Yes, right? absolutely. Another big area that I would say, Mike, uh, uh, has to do with our with our young people is that, and again, I I know I, I was a career man, I was a working man, I worked strange hours, mm-hmm. odd days, you know, rotating shifts, rotating days off, things like that. You know, and we're all busy. We've we've got busy lives, and we're working, and we're trying to run a household, and we're um, grocery shopping, we're washing clothes, we're uh, taking care of uh, you know children, we're going to work, we're fixing the car, we're mowing the lawn. There's there's so many things, just things that we fill our life with, um, and then when it comes down to what little time we have, we seem to just want to crash mm-hmm. and be entertained by some elect- electronic media or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that that's bad. We all need a break. We all need to relax. We all need uh, to rest. Um, but it's it's also important maybe to take those times that we're watching mindless Survivor or something, on, you know, some <laughs> reality show on TV, which is not real, and and spend that spend that time with our kids. Um, so uh, it's you know it's about making time in our lives for for what's really important. And mm. and Ray, what about communicating love and? Uh, you know the importance of that to our children. Maybe speak to that just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, um, we used to kind of have a little bit of a, a buzz phrase or whatever. Uh, you know, we all when the when VCRs first came out, all of our VCRs were all blinking twelve. You know, because nobody <laughs> because nobody read the manual, and and you know it's the same with parenting. Um, you know, we've t- we've talked to parents. And and parents say, well, you know, I I I didn't 
I didn't have parenting shown to me, so I don't know how to parent, or I never took a class on parenting, you know. But our kids did come with a manual, Mike, but nobody bothers to read the manual. Mm. And the manual is God's Word, because mm. everything you need to know about raising a child is right there mm. in the Bible. Mm. Um, and now maybe you have to dig for it a little bit sometimes, but it's but it's it's having uh, time in the Word on a constant basis that is going to give you those those wonderful little tips to fix your child so that it doesn't blink 12. You know, I mean, it's, it's really kind of basic um, sounding, but it, but it really is true because God's word uh, does deal a lot um, with that parent child relationship and, and how to raise your child. In a, we're going to come up to the break here in, the, in about two or three minutes, Ray, and, and after that, I want to talk a little bit about lessons that you've learned uh, from parents who've been in the groups and also from the from the teens as well. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, can, can we talk just a little bit about the importance, and you just hit it, of, of inserting the spiritual into the mix here? I mean, we, we've seen it with, with AA. When it started, had a biblical foundation, and and many many moons later, uh, you know, a lot of it drifted away, and you don't see the kind of success anymore. What happens when we take Christ out of the equation in these things? Yeah, we we do. We make a mess out of things, and that's you. You talked about what I learned from parents. Um, maybe I can just touch on sure. a little bit right now. And, and one of the things that we saw with folks uh, in working with trouble teen programs is is that if we if we got people interested and they were maybe uh, unchurched folks or they were uh, folks who had had some church experience but had for whatever reason gone away, um, if we got them plugged in someplace and they and they they got a place where they felt like they fit in and things were comfortable for them and their own lives started changing, you could see mm. the effects of the change in their life uh, being reflected in the changes then that their kids were making because of the fact that, uh, and, you know, just a thing that just pops into my head is, you know, you get so many parents, they're, they're having struggles, they don't know what to do, um, things turn angry, uh, there's a lot of yelling, screaming, that kind of thing. You know, when you um, have a personal relationship with Christ and you're spending time in the Word, you know, you're at peace. Yeah. And then that peace then carries itself into your household, which carries itself into your kids, which carries itself into your job. So it's just, it's... It's the ripples, it's the waves that are created through all the facets of your life uh, by having that life-changing experience. And that's a, that's a huge thing. And 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 you know by by giving that Bible focus, you know the manual, we also learn that boundaries are okay. You know, and and uh, growing up, I had a great mom and dad. You know, I, uh, and and my dad and I rarely actually bumped heads. You know, but I remember. You know, the very, very few times we did, and I remember one very, very clearly, and it's one of those things that you can just feel. And, you know, I was in high school in the late 60s, early 70s, mid-70s, where, where dude was, you know, everybody was dude. I mean, hey, dude, how do you know? Was, right. Everybody's a dude, right? Still is. And I, I came home, and, and my dad's sitting in his chair, and he's reading his book. I said, hey, dude, how are you? I learned. Dad's name was not dude ever again, you know. But yep. I mean, it's kind of a funny looking oh, wow. looking bit. But you know, those little those little things you, you you just learned, and he didn't get excited. You know, he just looked me in the eye and he said, "My name is not dude." 
And that's all he had to say. You know, but, but putting those boundaries down are, are, are so important. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh has never called me dude. I don't know. Why he calls his friends dude. Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's everybody else is sure. dude. Is, or, and you would be, I guess, a dudette. I don't know. How does, how does that <laughs> I, work? I think I, I qualify, know. yes, as that. Yeah. I would. Well, we can certainly call Toby Mac dude. In fact, I think he <laughs> would uh, enjoy being called that. He travels abroad and does a magnificent job of reaching all demographics who qualify as dude, uh, particularly those a little younger than ourselves. Um, let's listen to this week's song. It's called Atmosphere. I think it's appropriate on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back with Ray Coyle right after this. I know you keep a journal, and every page is rippled from the tears that you cry. Ain't no meaning to your scribble, because words can't describe what you've been feeling inside. It's like a thousand foot of and they're still on the rise But look up To a beautiful sound And see for yourself You're not that far down And know this I cannot love a little My promise to you is unconditional And I'll keep the light on I can see it in your eyes that you're fading again Checking out, moving into your hole Where the light can't touch any part of your soul But hold up and let the river rush in You can turn around and start living again Cause your life is a beautiful bloom In the image of the one that created you And I'll keep the light on
Toby Mack on Lighthouse Live with Atmosphere, along with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our very good friend and brother, Ray Coyle. Great to have you here with us tonight. You know, Ray, before uh, for the break, we were talking about what, what you've learned as uh, as you've been mentoring. And, any you know, any time that you're a facilitator or a teacher, you, you, are, you are in a learning process, aren't you? Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about... Um, Communication, it, it's something, I, you know, as I've counseled numerous people over the years, and it's amazing to me how people just fight, you know, o- over insignificant things, but it's almost like it's a habit. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what, what you've done uh, with, with some of the other facilitators to help better communication inside of families. You know, communication is a huge thing, Mike, and I, and I don't think I don't think people, I don't think families uh, communicate nowadays like they used to, and and I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know where we lost that, um, but when we see folks um, who are having troubles, generally there's been a huge communication breakdown in their family, and it it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like something their their child turned 13 and all of a sudden they couldn't communicate anymore. Mm-hmm. However, uh, that has happened. But um, generally, you, you, if you start tracing it back with them, you, you discuss it with them, you find out that this has been going on for a lot of years and it's developed into this huge problem that they now are aware of uh, because the kids are becoming older, they're getting more mature, they were wanting to be a little more independent, and, and all of a sudden the parents are going, well, wait a minute, um, you know, where did the childhood go? We lost it. So um, we, we used to do a couple of things with um, folks. Um, one of them was that we required that each of our families that we were working with uh, at that point in time um, spent one evening, pick an evening, we don't care which one, just pick an evening, and that evening is an evening where there's no soccer, there's no football practice, baseball practice, no dancing lessons, uh, no electronics, no no iPods, no um uh, games, uh, no television, and to sit down and have a meal together. Um, it's it's funny though that uh, most people reported back after the first time or two that you know everybody kind of sat there in silence and then ate and then it was all over and everybody went their way. But eventually, over time, people realized that you know they were having a conversation. They weren't having a screaming match, a yelling match. They weren't having mm-hmm. a fight. Um, it wasn't. Um, stressful and and eventually it felt comfortable and and after a while people figured out that they really liked each other and <laughs> were had fun sitting down and having a meal together and having a conversation so um, and again so then that's the aspect of spending time plus the communication uh, along with that and and communication with your kids is is so important because uh, they're going off in their own starting to go off in their own directions it's it's important to know what they're doing because you as a parent need to know. Um, but if you come at it from the wrong direction, um, kids will just uh, close off and be out there in the world doing whatever, and you're not going to have any idea. And the harder you press them um, in trying to find out if you're not communicating, uh, the, the worse you're going to make it, and they're just going to run. Don't they really want to be heard, Ray? Don't they? Really a- absolutely, want to and that's you know that's it. They mm-hmm. they do want to be heard, and most of the time, um, you know, we as adults, we think we've been there, we think we've done it all, we know it all. Um, there is some aspect of that because we adults have all been teenagers, and they haven't been adults. But there's also a point where they have feelings too, and right, and right. not validating their feelings, you you can say. 
you know, I understand uh, that you feel that way, and maybe I'm sorry that you feel that way, or I wish you didn't feel that way, um, but to tell them that their feelings are incorrect um, is wrong, but okay, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you know what, I'm still right, so, you know, we're not going to argue about it, but um, there's a way to handle that without, um, you know, hurting their self-esteem or or um, making them feel like an idiot. You know, we, we can validate the way someone feels the opinion they have, right. whether it's right or wrong. We, we can still, you know what, you have the right to have that, and I understand that that's the way you feel, and, and that's okay. Here's truth. Right. You know, but I, I think so often what we try to do is invalidate. Well, you can't feel that way. Well, what are you talking about? I, I'm trying to think of uh, many years ago, and um, um, founder of, of eHarmony.com. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And, anyway, yes. I met, met with him. Yeah, thank you. And uh, well, I'm going to have to apologize to him, but it's it's that healthy aging summit. I'm going to have to go and, and get a get a tune up on the synapses here. The the synapses are not firing right now. But anyway, I went went down and and met with him uh, just just to see if I could learn from him. And you know, one of the one of the things that that he talked about is uh, is this communication issue. And how normative can become something really volatile, you know, in in relationships, and uh, what 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 becomes normative, is, you know, to to one family is highly offensive to another. But he says one of one of the critical things is he says uh, just think about this five year old kid, he's out playing in 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 the yard, he's running his tricycle. And he goes down the hill of the driveway and he makes a left turn and he cranks it too much and, and he topples over and, you know, he's got a bloody knee and all of that. And he's, he's crying. He's five years old, you know, and dad comes out. Big boys don't cry. Well, you know, the, the thing hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing hurts. And he, he's saying, well, I can't just validate. Yeah. Hey, understand it hurts. Got an now, owie. You know, My goodness. Got, you know, no. got an owie. Yeah. And so I think oftentimes we, we do try to, you know, press our, but, but to just to validate and say, okay, yeah, I understand. I acknowledge that's the way you feel is important. I think many, many teenagers uh, today are, you know, one of their, their chief beefs is that I'm not heard. And, and yep. if I'm heard, uh, I'm not respected, you know, and, and there is a, there is a two way street there and it's not, I, I think, I think Ray, one of your points is it's not so much saying it, but it's acting it. It's, it's walking that out. Right. How do, what are, what are some of the things that we can do as parents to walk out respect for our teens? Well, you know, in addition, in addition to the communication, just, and this kind of tie into it. Um, communication between a parent and a child is important, but also, uh, Mike, a, a communication between two parents mm. Mm. is mm. is as much or more important yeah. uh, than how you communicate with your child. Um, and that's one of the things we try and make people do is get on the same page as parents. Mm. And you can do that. We we had great success with um, with couples uh, who were even divorced, who were not living together, who couldn't really stand each other. But if they were able to communicate and be on the same page with their child, what they found was that all of a sudden they became this 
huge uh, wall that could not be broken down or penetrated or 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 gone around by the children because the parents were standing together um, because kids will, whether they know it or not, right. they will actually work as a wedge and drive between uh, a husband and wife and certainly between uh, divorced parents. So yes. um, highly important for um, fathers and, and mothers to communicate uh, with each other yeah. as well as communicating with the kids. By the way, just so you don't think I've told you, it's Dr. Neil Clark Warren. Neil Clark. I, I knew it would. Good, good. Ah, yeah, came you know, to yeah. Thank you for what a doofus. You know, I'm trying to. Uh, to yeah, yeah. Do you ever have that? You know, Mike, mind I, fade. I uh, always uh, tell people that my mind is like a steel trap. Sometimes it's just rusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same. Uh, so, you know, I think that's one of the great creative things that, that uh, you know, that that you've learned, Ray, and, and I've also benefited other uh, parents, and, and that's creating a family atmosphere. And it's not that you have to do it seven days a week. I mean, if you try to force a massive culture change, it's not going to help. Right. Okay, but if, if you make little steps and just take those little steps, I, I think of, of so many uh, uh, grandmas who are raising their children's families, and I'm oh sure you've seen that a lot. Oh, oh yeah, so much we, we have a, a lot, and then you know that's another huge burden because now you've got um, a man and woman, or a man, or a woman, uh, maybe sometimes a, a single grandma who is raising you know her grandkids. Now she's already been through one generation, mm-hmm. and and now she's trying to do another one, and so then those generational problems that would be between a, a child and his parents because. You know, things are different now for kids than they were when we were a kid. And then so then you take it even another generation, and things are dramatically different for grandparents than what their grandchildren are going through um, just in life. So, um, again, huge, huge problems there. You know, grandparents usually don't, we don't find that they're having as much um, communication problem with each other. Um, however, they certainly have uh, communication problems with the kids. But, um, you know, by the time... Two people have gotten to middle age; they pretty well got it figured out, or they don't. So, now, Ray, we've been talking about contributing factors, uh, communication being one. And by the way, we we mentioned uh, during during the break that sometimes we in the church can help create some of that tension because, you know, we have this for the kids, and we have the, you know, the event uh, for the parents, the the weekly marriage uh, class, and we have uh, you know the big church for the big people and little church for. The, and unintentionally, with the best of intentions, we can draw families apart. And I think it's incumbent upon families today to, with intentionality, look for those opportunities and say, I am protecting this time. Yes. We are protecting this time together. And, yeah, you know, for the two hours during dinner, there's not going to be any TV on. There's not going to be any video games played. And you don't have to talk if you don't want, but at least let's sit down and, and look at each other. And, and I think you're right. You know, God will do something, you know, with that. But uh, let's talk a, a little bit about even with all these contributing factors, sometimes the, you know, the best parents can be doing the best job they can, even a Christ-centered household, and stuff can happen. Absolutely. Drugs, I mean, yeah, it's, what, what, where do we start? With parents who say, wow, we thought we did everything, quote-unquote, right. Where do we start to bring them hope and, and, and to give them a sense of, hey, all is not lost. There's there's still hope here for you. 
You know, again, Mike, I think it's uh, about us as Christians uh, going back to God's Word and uh, and getting some peace in our own lives. Maybe there's things that, that we as parents are doing personally uh, that has nothing to do with our child-rearing skills, uh, but just things that maybe we're involved in that we need to take a look at and just say, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, eliminating things in our lives, uh, getting some of the clutter out, um, Spending spending time, as you say, blocking out periods of time to spend with our families, with our kids. Um, um, one of the guys that used to speak at uh, New Start um, came and told the kids a lot about what he did for a living. He was one of our deputy coroners. But he also spent probably as much time talking about what he did with his kids. And, mm. and he would take his kids one-on-one. You know, they did things as a family, too. But he made special time to take his kids one-on-one and go do something that that child enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, uh, uh, one of his, uh, I think it was his daughter, um, who used to like uh, the ice cream dessert treat, whatever it was, that McDonald's had. She specifically liked that one. And she also liked um, the fountain at McHenry and Briggsmore. So they would go to McDonald's, and they would get an ice cream treat, and then they would go and they'd sit at the fountain, and they'd just watch the traffic and watch the birds and uh, have a chat. Mm. And that was that was their special time, and she just enjoyed that. And then, uh, you know, son, it was something different. He, you know, oh, I, it was breakfast for his son. He'd like to wake his breakfast uh, son up and take him to breakfast. The son, you know, liked to get up early in the morning. You know, not much traffic. The, the air was still fresh, and, and they'd go have you know, pancakes and, and eggs someplace. Mm. And that just was the thing that did it for him. Um, so it was not only time as a family, but also spending time one-on-one, you know, with each one of your children and not necessarily doing the same thing because we all like different stuff. How cool um, is that? So yeah. very important. Also, Ray, how, how about being real with your kids and showing them that you've been there, done that, but also have made mistakes maybe in your past and how you've overcome some of those things and letting them see that, you know, dad or mom is real and not perfect. Certainly. I I don't think that harms at all to, to let your kids know that you have struggled um, or even if, if you're struggling now. So they, and that's part of that communication. So Mm -hmm. they know what you're dealing with as well. So maybe sometimes dad is a little short, dad is a little angry. Well, um, child doesn't have to know everything that's going on. Um, you know, in parents' dynamics. But but there's certainly times you can say, well, you know, I'm sorry that I was upset the other day. You have to understand I'm going through some stuff. Here's a little bit about what it is. It's not, not for you to worry about. But the, the child lives in the house. They know they know what's going on. They see things. They hear things. They, they know. So, and again, that, that's bringing you uh, into that communication level with your child where you're being frank and honest and open uh, with them. So, uh, so I think... Uh, Highly important to do that. They want transparency, don't they? They they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of parents that I've dealt with who I know have told their children, um, well, I don't want you doing this because um, I made a huge mistake when I was young, and then that's it. They don't don't expound. Mm -hmm. Well, the kid likes to know, you know, that his parents are vulnerable, that, you know, maybe they dealt with some stuff, not just to say don't do that because I did it and I was wrong, but don't do it, and here's what, what happened to me. You know, I, a children's sense tension. You were talking a little bit about masking, you know, what's going on. And there are some things that are not appropriate to share. But you know what? Kid, kids sense what's going on, you know. And uh, I think one of the underlying things that uh, maybe we've lost in our culture, and it's not just within families, but I think it's with each other, is is 
trusted, authentic relationships. You know, and I, I think kids want a relationship. I mean, I wanted a relationship with my parents. You know, I, I, I wanted to feel that we were connected in, in, in some way. It's great desire. It's the way God has wired us uh, for, A, a relationship with him and, and, B, a relationship uh, with each other. Hard to uh, hard to start with that when kids are in their teens. No, it's it's really about just doing it. But an important factor, uh, Mike, is that people—not uh, everybody, but some people—feel um, like they need to be their child's friend, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a, a, a complete wrong dynamic uh, for a parent to be your child's friend. Your child has friends, and. I have friends. I don't need my child as a friend. I need to spend time with my child. I need to be a parent. I need to discipline them. I need to nurture them. I need to train them. I need to have fun with them, but I don't need to be their friend. They have enough friends already. So that's another huge thing is is we have to be the parent. Um, so leave the friendship out of it. You can still have a great time with your child. You can still enjoy them. You can still communicate with them. You can uh, still discipline them without being a friend. Well, and I think that uh, that attempt to be a friend backfires. Uh, we were just talking to, to, to my son and, and daughter the other day, and, and there's uh, um, an, an adult that they experience uh, out there somewhere, and uh, th- this adult tries to be what they call G, you know, a gangster type. And, and so he's trying to use the, the colloquialisms and, and he, he's, he's, he's trying to relate on their level. And he said, Dad, the guy's like a bozo. You know, he, I mean, you guys, you're not supposed to talk like that, you know. And, right. and, and so I think we have to be our age and understand we, we don't have to, we're, we're not trying to be the friend. What we're trying to be is the the God assigned role we have of being a parent, and out of that, yeah, friendship's going to develop, but it's a whole different dynamic. They don't need, as you said, another friend. They need a parent. Right. That's what we're here for is is to be the parent and and to provide the boundaries and and to to walk out what 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 God has instructed us to do. You know, at this point in time in my life, uh, here I'm I'm middle aged, um, and my dad is elderly. Um, but you know, Dad and I still participate even to this day. Last last week, uh, example, um, we we like to collect butterflies and moths. That's one of the mm. hobbies that we have in common. We've done it since I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, so last week, uh, Dad and I got together on one of our regular deals. We packed us a uh, picnic lunch or picnic dinner, as it were, and we went up uh, to uh, the Delton Stockton, set up our uh, our uh, light trap for moths, and uh, sat around and had a picnic dinner and watched the sun go down and the moths come out and uh, had a good time. And, and uh, you know, so even at this point, I, I can't necessarily say my dad is my friend, but, you know, we, we have a special relationship. Um, it's father-son, um, and we're friendly, but... Um, it's it's different, and that's what mm-hmm. parents have to realize is there is a difference. You can't, you can't be a friend. There is a mm-hmm. difference, and, you know, as I, I'm listening to you guys say that, Abraham was a friend with God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and God being, you know, the father, and Abraham, you know, blessed son. We're all mm-hmm. sons and daughters of, of God. We're in Christ. But, you know, I have to think that Abraham was a friend of God. So I just have to throw that in there. Ray, we're bumping the clock a little bit. Uh, you know, 
God's time is eternal, but we're not here on Lighthouse Live. Uh, we got about uh, two minutes left. Uh, first of all, if, if people you know want to kind of tap your wisdom and, and what can we do to start things, how would you like them to get a hold of you through us or directly? How, how Cer- would you like that? Certainly, if they're looking for the uh, parent support group, like I say, uh, second Monday of every month, seven p.m. Uh, Modesto Police Department public meeting room, uh, they can just show up. Um, if they if they want to uh, contact me uh, personally, absolutely. Uh, you you've got uh, access to uh, get a hold of me at any point in time. If you get somebody that calls um, uh, you and uh, needs some specific help, I'll be glad to help anyone out. Great, as I, I imagine, you know, a lot of these things are, are bringing up ideas, and people are going, oh, "Wow, how, I, I need to talk to this guy." Give us a call, and we'll put you in touch, in touch with Ray. Two zero nine five four four nine five seven one two zero nine five four four ninety five seventy one, or you can email us at info at vibrantcommunities dot org. Info at vibrantcommunities dot org. Ray, how about uh, just uh, take about 60 seconds here and give some parents some encouraging words if they're going through some stuff right now. You know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, Mike. Um, we've dealt with so many folks in this community over the years um, who've, who've just struggled, I mean, really struggled with their kids. And, um, you know, them seeking out help, uh, whether it be through uh, pastors, through troubled teen organizations, through uh, you, you know, who, wherever they, they're able to, to get someone to, to uh, sit down with them and, and help. Um, kids eventually do grow up, and you know, we've just got some great success stories over the years that have come out of uh, a lot of our different programs, but where people have really been encouraged, been helped, found um, just new um, ways to deal with their young people and, and get through it all and come out good on the other end. Well, Ray, we just appreciate you taking the time with us and our listeners, wherever they happen to be listening tonight, to share all about your wonderful ministry with troubled teens. And we just pray all the very best for you and all who partner with you for those great efforts. And we look forward to you coming back and joining us again. God it's bless always you, good brother. to be here. Oh, Thank you. great to have you. Thank you. And friends, God bless you wherever you are. And look forward to joining us. Uh, having you join us again. Thank you for listening.